0: previously on box cutters
1: how someone was slapped in the face and you stood by and watched oh look they're going to do the cake mm, box cutters box cutters Ooh. box cutters, box cutters.
0: Box cutters. hello and welcome to box cutters episode 282 we're not breaking the fourth wall. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Dave Lawson.
2: Uh, I was going to say good evening, viewers, but <laughs> that's yours, isn't it?
0: <laughs> and to my right, Brett Crawley. Good evening, viewers. Hey, you're right. It was. It is. Hey, it it is, is. It's, it's, yeah. what, what else What else could you do? Oh, how, howdy doody. <laughs> <Some of that. laughs> I, li- I like Courtney's, you know, trying that. Right. Okay. She's trying the howdy doody. Uh, she's way. You got plenty. Of t- hey, I like that. Oh, that's not bad. To my left. Dave Lawson. Wait. Yeah, all right. We can do that. We can do that. Coming up in this episode of Box Cutters, we've got uh we're doing two reviews. Or re- one review of two shows or two reviews of one sh- No, wait. What two shows? Let's do two shows. Yeah. I want to do Two Broke Girls and mm-hmm. Whitney. Mhm. Can we do those? Yeah. All right. Dave, have you seen those? No. Right, Brett. Have you seen those? Yes. yes. Okay. This is a problem because we're going to review them, and you need to mm-hmm. know about them, Dave. Mm-hmm. After the news, uh, Dave, you and I will go out and and we'll just speed through some uh, some episodes so you yeah. can get a How really... long? How long have we got?
2: To... Uh,
0: I don't know. Let's say let's do for twenty five minutes. I'll set up six screens. All right. And you can watch three episodes of each okay. all at once.
1: All right. I'll entertain the uh, the live studio audience. And yeah, if you can just feel
0: Brett, if if you can just feel for. For 25 minutes yeah. while well, we go and okay. do that. Whitney 25. and
2: Two Broke Girls.
0: Yep. I know. It sounds like a rap act. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. So we'll do that later on in the show. Uh, we've got one thing. We've uh, got some pork. Toby Halligan, not in again. Oh, what? I know.
1: I can't believe after last week's shame. I know. Who's I know. With all my again. finger pointing. I know. All my finger pointing and nothing. He doesn't even listen to the show anymore. He does whatever. No,
0: he's like you. What? You don't listen to the show. Yes, I do. Do? No, you don't. Yeah, no, do. I, you don't even listen to the show while we're in the show. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news.
3: And now for the news.
0: Brett Cropley. Yes, you. Uh, you've got some news about axings
1: and schmaxings. News just to hand last week. Uh, I'm timing you with uh, with uh, what's going on with. Hey, can I ask what 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 is it about me that I see the the really lovely stuff about Hank Azaria in any show that is he, that in, <laughs> but nobody else does, and and it just gets buried. Has his new show free agents? Has been axed already. Yeah.
0: Two episodes? Three episodes in? Two episodes in?
2: Uh, I've seen three. Right. I don't right. Know, I've known nothing about it. Free agents, let me guess, has it got to do with their agents? No. Those, agents?
1: no. Um, I'm trying to think what they even are. They might, they're not lawyers. A... They, they work in an office together, um, both of them. One, one's uh, recently uh, divorced, I think, and the other was, was widowed a year before. And uh, they're, they're dealing with those, and and you know they're kind of being each other's wingmans, not trying to to be fuck buddies every night. Mm.
0: Can, I, uh, can I can I can uh, I point out just for the listeners who think that I have no filter whatsoever, I had a great offensive joke just now mm. that I chose not to say. You've got just, to say it now. You've no, got to say it. no, do uh, So free agents, Hank Azaria. So you just you love Hank Azaria? I do really like him because he was in Half, which
1: you guys didn't yeah, get at Huff, all. which was. Uh, um, what was the other thing? Simpsons. Huff
0: Huff was the, uh, yeah, was Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. But the Simpsons is <laughs> still going. You, uh, you, you really loved Mad About You, and then that that didn't last very long, Mad About You? No. Was Hank Azaria <laughs> in Mad About You? Oh, for a while. He was the dog walker. It was, it was back when back when Hank Azaria and, uh, and, uh, what's Helen her name? Hunt? Helen Hunt were married. Were they? Yeah. And so like the, in real and life? In real life. And he, so he was in Mad About You. And uh, and now they're not. No, I wouldn't be, because um, she didn't like half. Uh, so uh, so that's that's been next. What else?
1: That's been next. Uh, that's that's
0: the only thing that we've oh, actually had. Uh, Playboy confirmation. Playboy Club. Uh, uh,
1: yes, Playboy Club has uh, after two episodes, I believe, that was taken off air. Have you seen? Uh, have you seen any of Pan Arena? Am? Arena, I think. Um, no. I haven't had a look as yet. I've got a couple of eps.
0: I've seen photos from the set of Pan Am, and they're pretty much interchangeable with photos from the set of Playboy Club. Like they're just, uh-huh. it's it's th- these shows that have just taken Mad Men, essentially taken the, the time of Mad Men, and gone. Well, we need another show that has that same kind of feel to it. But it's not. Uh, I was imagining something like uh, Swingtown. But Swingtown was later. Swingtown was nineteen seventies. Oh, so it's sixties. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, it's that whole glamour. Uh, the the nineteen sixties glamour. Uh, everything's pencil line skirts and uh, and uh, you know what else? I'm not very good with fashion terms. But it's <laughs> it's that uh, you know smoking jackets and stuff. Yeah. Whatever. And children. <laughs> That's I,
2: when flying was was very glamorous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it?
0: It, it's jet set. You know. With yeah. That the whole jet set culture. So, what's it called? Pan Am. Charlie's Angels
1: isn't going uh, particularly well uh, in the States nor here. It's uh, been moved on to Go from the main Channel 9 channel. Uh, Fringe, uh, which has had, uh, it's in its fourth season now. It's looking like it's going to be uh, uh, given away at the end of this. Hater, uh, a show where celebrities confront their haters. Um, Hater. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't even believe that's a H, show Eight The number eight and R. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what? I know
0: <laughs> I know I'm with you I'm with you um, <laughs> They confront their
1: haters Actually that's that's been axed And ringer doubles are replacing it in the states currently Ringer doubles? Yeah So yeah. hang on so, They're doubling so, up on ringer
0: That's, that's ringer ringer it's
1: ring-a-ring-a. It's ring-a-ring-a. That's, uh,
0: ring-a-ring-a. that's too much ringer. That's too much ringer t- spoils the broth.
1: Uh, shows that are going strong, Two Broke Girls. Strongly. strong Lee. Is what they've written. That's what we're going to be watching, Two yeah, Broke yeah. Girls. Yeah, yeah, you and I. Two and a half men with uh, Ashton Kutcher. Uh-huh. It's doing well. Taking over the Charlie role. Uh, Dexter, apparently, uh, its new season is going really strongly and, and more so than the last few. I watched the first episode of uh,
0: of the new season of Dexter yeah. the other night. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, Did you get, Dig it. It's uh, Is it good? Oh, God, it's, you know what? This is my problem with Dexter. This has always been. And this is probably more pork than anything else, but whatever. But my problem with Dexter is that it, it's got a voiceover for exposition, mm-hmm. but then he's also got the ghost of his dead father for exposition. It's a double exposition show. Yeah, but when it needs but none but Harry
1: wasn't wasn't talking to does I think the care. audience to, it's he, so he, was, boring. he was giving Dexter his lesson. so there's I'm so surprised they haven't shown all the lessons that Harry gave him yet though cut it all
0: out there's so that's a show that could be 20 minutes
2: so he obviously hasn't been caught yet Dexter mm.
0: not yet but they been the opening credits
1: are about 20 minutes
0: i know cut them out as well <laughs> it's oh. it's like I still I, I don't know why there's something about it that makes me keep watching it but i just uh I just don't have it. Uh, uh, a
1: new girl with uh, Zooey Deschanel uh, has been confirmed for the entire season on Fox.
0: Last week, I asked on the Twitters, mm-hmm. having seen three episodes of the New Girl, I asked on the Twitters why. I haven't, I haven't had a look at it easier. Why people like it so much? It's sexy. Because they, they love it. People love yeah. it. Five hundred days of summer. And uh, and
1: apparently she's so dreamy. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, apparently, all logic goes out the window when dealing with Zooey now, Like, it's not even so, a
1: sexiness thing. It's just it's it's so sweet.
2: All right. What's it called? New Girl. The New Girl. The New Girl. Yeah. So, do you, what's it about? Is this so, for another... It's
0: about... All right, there's this girl, right? And I, just, I want to shoot her in the head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Okay. I'm not a fan. I've seen three apps. not a fan. Contrary to last week's, uh, last week's episode. Yeah. Sometimes they are just a, a bag is, of crap. Yeah, okay. three. Yep. But, you know, it's doing very well. But then... It's, I just think it it's, it's it's, it's maybe Game by of p- Thrones did as well. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's not, not not for me. Uh, in uh, in other news, Snoop Dogg uh, is uh, going to be producing a family comedy, a sitcom, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Don Rio, who was uh, one of the producers of My Wife and Kids and uh, and also Two and a Half Men. Uh, he's getting together with uh, Snoop Dogg. This will be Snoop's, I think, third TV vehicle. Uh, after uh, Snoop Dogg's Fatherhood and uh, Dog After Dark. Uh, this is uh, this is just going to be a, a, about a, a man with uh, kids and just going to be a, a sitcom. So he's going to be in it? I believe so. I believe so. He's going to be starring in it. He's, uh, You know, I, I love Snoop Dogg. I think he's hilarious. I think Fatherhood was a, a really funny show, but kind of the joke wore thin after about three episodes. What was the joke?
1: You got a sooner oh, for a dad, eh? Hey? Well,
0: it, it's kind of, you know, Snoop is this, uh, dad who's just trying to get away with all that. Like, you know, he likes eating fried chicken, but his wife doesn't want him to eat fried chicken. And it was one of those scripted reality shows where, uh, it's, it's the real people in his life. It's his kids and, uh, and, and his and his real wife and his real entourage, but it's all, it was almost like a curb enthusiasm with Snoop Dogg, almost. Uh, but not as tightly edited. Mm-hmm. I think it was a little bit, little bit laxer. Uh, but fun. Like he, he, has fun with stuff. I think he's, uh, I, I think he's, he's got some good stuff going on. Uh, Brett, you had uh, a thing about
1: Laid. Yeah, Laid uh, has uh, been uh, bought and is currently in development to be adapted by U.S. broadcaster NBC. So who did TV so well with Kevin and Kim, Dave? You, you could be on the bench for, uh, uh, for Toby Truslove.
0: Uh, we mean
2: tag out. Yeah, if he needs. Yeah, if he needs, you could take over that role well, quite easily. Toby's doing it, you know. He probably might he might die.
0: I don't want to. Oh, the, the the character. The character might yeah. die, you know. So yeah. then, then you don't want that role because that's a shit role. Then it's it, no, one, Toby, wants to, yeah, no one wants to no one wants to play come. a dead dead well, character, cool. um, unless are Matt King.
2: It's, it's funny. I, I I saw Toby um recently, and I and I mentioned that I wanted I wanted to. I want to do the TV show Toby, where I play Toby. I th-
0: that would I. Th- I think you
2: could. It's called Toby. Yeah, but you play. Toby but I play Toby.
0: Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Why not? I like that. Yeah, I think I think you could. Like I would cast you as brothers. Yeah, right. Easily. Yep. Where uh, where you play Toby and he plays Toby's brother Dave. <laughs> what else What else have we got? Uh, Marbo. There's a, there's there's a, a telemovie going to be made of uh, the life of uh, Eddie
1: Marbo. I'm sure the ride will protest that on ABC. Uh is it on the ABC? It, it is on
0: it is on the ABC. Uh written by Sue Smith, who uh wrote ba- Bastard Boys and uh R A N. Remote Area Nurse. Yep. For uh, those not in the know mm-hmm. with uh Susie Porter.
1: Which is on SBS.
0: Yep. Uh Telemovie goes into uh, production on October twenty fourth. Uh and it's gonna air on ABC one. This says 2012, but as we all know from ABC's media releases, what they mean is 2013. And that is the Box Cutters News. Asian Ident. Hi, this is Liam
1: Shannon from the Bazura Project. Let us give you the gift that only a mother can give a gift of divinity. No, it's not a head job to your son, it's the Box Cutters. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, let's do the proper one. Oh, okay. <clears throat> what, do the, what do people
2: usually do?
0: So, Dave, um, do you want to go and do. We'll go and watch now. Go and watch the things. All right, all right. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh, um, go! I just want to take my stuff. Should I, should all right, I should, I'll take my phone. I shouldn't yeah. leave that in here, should
1: I? We we do record live, so uh, so I'll, I'll keep it going for for a little while. So I've got and, the six. Uh, I, I can juggle for the video podcast. There's no
0: video podcast. Um, I I've got six TVs set up. Is it waited? safe? To oh, yeah, is it okay. safe to leave my okay, stuff in? That. Yes, it's safe. It's safe. You're fine. You sure? I, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out what's going no,
2: on with t- this I'm gonna take it with disk.
4: What's what? What is that? Well, Brad has he gone? Yes, yeah, John, so now, John. John Richards has been under the desk all this time. and uh, I've just been waiting for Josh to leave. Yeah. That bloody whiny Jewish effeminate voice just gets on my nerves. Also, hiding under the desk with me, though, <laughs> <laughs> has been award winning novelist Christos Chalkas. Hello, Christos.
5: Well, thank you. I thought you were going to say we've been someone else with a whiny Jewish... With a whiny Jewish <laughs> <feminine> voice.
4: <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, Christos Chalkes, you, yes. are, you are joining us because you are, of course, uh, acclaimed novelist and writer of such books as Dead Europe, head-on, unless it was loaded. <laughs> it was loaded. It was loaded, but, you know,
5: the film was called Head-On, so... <laughs> That's where the the, that the, from.
4: the the Jesus man, my personal favourite. I wanted to point out. <laughs> Thank you. And for those who are wondering why we've suddenly turned it into a book podcast, uh, also the slap is the, the slap, book so, yeah, that yeah. we should probably mention, which is currently playing on the ABC in its new TV adaptation. Let's start still on the book side of things, though, with the slap. Why? Like, what? What was it that, that? Started you off with the slap. What? What aspect came first?
5: The first. The first thing that came that happened with The Slap was I wanted to write a novel that was um, distinctly uh, uh, set in the here and now about my my, my world, the, the world we all, the, you know, the three of us in this studio, um, uh, inhabit. And, in fact, uh, I think most of the, 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 the story of The Slap really doesn't take uh, place very far from the, the where we are now at the radio station at 3RRR. Um, I think Dead Europe, which was the previous novel, was a very... Uh, a very difficult novel to write, and a very kind of it, a grand narrative. It, it, it was. Uh, I've called it my exorcism of being European, and I thought, oh, well, I want to tell a story here in a, in, a, in Australia. And I knew I, I, what came first was the. Um, the uh, just to explain that the novel is structured in eight voices. It's eight chapters, um, eight different uh, people, um, varying in age from seventeen to um, their seventies, who were at a barbecue, were a boy slap, who's not a who's a, 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 the, the man who slaps and it's a, has no relation to the boy. And um, But what came first was I knew I wanted the different characters. I just I didn't know what would be the incident, if you like, that would start it off. And then this, a, a, something similar happened at a, at a party that Mum and Dad were having, with, of, not with any of the high drama or emotional ramifications. It was a very, very light incident. But it was about Mum was in the kitchen and she tapped a little boy lightly on his bum who said, You've, you know... You, what did he, he said, uh, put his hands on his hips and said, no one has a right to touch my body without my permission, which was such an amazing thing to hear from a three-year-old, really, because you knew that there was no relationship between the words and, and, um, and what he was experiencing at that moment. You know, he was just trying to find a way to kind of, you know, when I look back on it, just kind of go, my God, she put a hand on me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was nothing violent in the incident. We all laughed about it. But afterwards, going home, I thought that's a gro- that's the beginning. That's what, that's what you need. And you, and it, it was just for me that moment. It said so much about adults and children. It said so much about changing times. It said so much about the um, uh, the distance of uh, multicultural culture. It said it said everything I wanted. Really, it was just like and I call it a gift from the gods. Really, it's, that it's
4: interesting though, because I did feel um, the, the book is structured into these chapters, and that's again the same structure the TV series has taken. And it's funny though the, the both the publicity for the book and for the TV series is kind of you know, whose side are you on? And it, like like a, like the child slapping is the kind of propelling element. And I kind of felt it wasn't like it felt to me like you were just trying to tell a, a book about people, and this was a a structure perhaps rather than a.
5: I mean, I think that that that's genre. That point is, is exactly what I feel. Like you know, for me, as I said, this was the beginning point. It's like you know, when you write a novel. Uh, there's so much work in it, but for me, and I think I am a structure head. You know, structure comes first. But so um, I need to, to find the structure, but I also need to find a beginning in order to work. And so that was that was the incident that gave me a beginning. But really, the novel is for me an attempt to say something about middle class life, in something to say about the suburbs. Because I think as Australians we're prob- we're very suspicious of the suburbs, even though the majority of people I know, and the majority of artists I know. Um, come from the suburbs we kind of all try and escape that (laughs) and and that was a novel i wanted to write i wanted um and for me every character in the book gets slapped every character delivers a slap and that um and really the the child getting slapped is not the center of the novel for me i mean for me as a writer it was a it was something else altogether but i'll leave that to the reader (laughs) and the the viewer
4: well look i did want to ask you because there was an interview in melbourne magazine you did quite recently where you said that You never really get asked critical questions. Can I ask you some
5: critical questions? You can ask as many critical questions as you like. Because you know I love you. You you (laughs) (laughs) This is very scary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm ambushing you. No, No, it's scary because you know, you know, being in those conversations. I love you, but, you know, this is what really, really shits me. (laughs) 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 It's not you, it's me.
4: I think that the thing I'm curious about because the book was quite contentious. Not necessarily, it's been sold to being contentious about the child slapping, but it was actually more contentious, I think, as a novel. Like a lot of people have read it, and there was quite a d- divide going on. One of the big issues that got brought up, and I'm going to say I had a little bit of this too, is that the characters seem really unpleasant. Like I, I don't, I find the characters so unpleasant that I don't necessarily I'm not going to say I don't care what happens to them, but I'm I find it quite a slog to get through Mm -hmm. and i kind of wonder how am i meant to be approaching them like like do you think they're the characters i should be empathizing with am i judging like what was your approach do you do you see them as likable
5: look it's been it's certainly not a new criticism for me and it's it's certainly a criticism that has made me made me think it's largely made me think that i'm I'm probably the most tolerant person I know. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean that quite seriously. I, I, I do understand how a lot of the characters do things that are... I mean, you're you choo- choosing the words very carefully. I, I was going to say moral, but it's not really immoral. It's amorality. I mean, that's what really shits me about those characters that I created. But that was what I, I see reflected in the world around me. And... They're hypocrites, they're liars, they're adulterers, they're um, uh, materialists, they're greedy, they're selfish. But they also are my characters and I also do really like them. And because that criticism has been very, very consistent, there's a part of me that feels really protective. Particularly, I would say the characters I feel protective of are the two young kids and Manoli's the old man. And I think Manoyis is a racist, sexist, or misogynist rather than sexist. Oh, old oh man! But I don't think that's dishonest. I think that's you know my grandfather and my father's generation, and probably not dissimilar to your fathers and, and grandfathers' generation. But he also has a, an ethical code that I I admire. I think he does have a sense of honour, and I th- I don't. Ne- I'm trying to get a sense of honor I'm trying to make try to find out what that may, might mean at the moment or how you create one. Um, and I kind of envy the men of that generation and women of generation who I think had had a better grounding in that. So that's a roundabout way of going. I actually feel very protective now of those characters. I, I've i never been someone... And, you, you know, John and I have known each other for a long time. You know my tastes. And it is a matter of taste. You know, I'm not... I love cinema and I love cinema in its all its glory. Same with television. You know, I grew up with television. Like, but I tend to like, oh, I tend to love and admire, and they're not necessarily the same thing. The things that have been challenging, the the, the movies and the the TV programs that are not straightforward. Um, and so likable for me is not is not a primary. Yeah, Condition of, of taste, out of it. yeah. I do I mean, you know, uh, like Google, uh, uh, like any of us, I, I have my, uh, you know, I have the go to uh, things that will make put a big smile on my face and that will entertain me. And will, you know, I was sick for I had the, that terrible flu that's been going around uh, a week back, and I literally, seriously, guys, I just sat on the couch for three days under a blanket and watched westerns and romantic comedies. So I go from John Wayne. To Julia Roberts, <laughs> back to um, you know Gary Cooper, um, to uh, Sandra Bullock, and uh, uh, so I can I, I I really understand the pleasure of the um, the well-told story. I understand the pleasure of the um, the happy ending, but they're not they're not the most satisfying experiences for me. I, I tend to like complicated, greedy. I think is greedy a word I would use it, possibly characters and situations
4: because I think for me both with the the book and to an extent for the the TV adaptation as well there's that slight sense that I find myself going well what am I I meant to be reacting to this you know am I meant to be judging them in the way that I I feel I am can I jump in sorry
5: I think the thing for me when I was writing the slap and that's it The, the reason I'm responding to that question is I am so sick about how my culture around is so so judgmental it is um and how self-righteous it is like that kind of that 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 wanting to uh, to to censor the wanting to uh criticize the wanting to the, the 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 it really gives me the shit and that that was one of the fires being stoked when i was writing the slap i think that i felt like Everybody had, you know, everyone had a point of view on what made a good mother and what made a good father. Everyone has a point of view on what's the correct way of leading a sexual life. Everyone, everyone has an opinion and everyone, no one is ever responsible for, you know. You know, so, every, you know, it felt like I was just, whether I was in a pub, whether I was around the dinner table, whether I was overhearing conversations on a tram, whether I was uh, turning on uh, radio, and it didn't matter really sometimes whether it was the ABC and John Fain or you know some right-wing jock um, that I caught on a taxi in Sydney or sometimes even on community radio. Everyone had a self-righteous damn opinion about other people's behaviour and no self-reflexive um, analysis of how we were all responsible or part of, of, of this culture. Just And I... I guess i'm asking uh, i'm in terms of the book and and the series it's, it's a bit more difficult for me to talk to because i I don't want to take the, the uh, away from the fact that other people have been involved in creating the series, and it's not exactly the same thing, but I think this is at play. I would prefer you as a reader or a viewer to ask questions about your leap to judgment rather than about how you would necessarily judge each character i mean at, at the at the, the at the bottom that's that's the most important thing for me about the slap—that you go. It's really difficult to judge. <sighs> that's really, di-, you know, and I think that's good for us to take a step back and think. It is really, it is hard and difficult, and you really need to go through a lot of arguments and thought to come up to to to, to understand the morality of particular situations.
1: So, so you want us to empathise with them, even though they're assholes?
5: Oh God, yeah, yeah, because. I mean, I think that's. I mean, I think I know for myself that I'm. I, I you know, life is not black and white. You know, you're. Mm. you're, you're you know, the the you uh, you want to be. Uh, you want to believe that you will always be uh, just, and that you will always be compassionate, and you will always be fair, and, and that you will always honour things like love and um, loyalty. But in my experience, uh, I'm 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 much more conscious of the moments I failed all those tests, and I think that's very human. Um, I'm not am not saying that as a justification. I'm just saying that that is a that that's kind of one of the battles I think that is part of adult life and whatever criticism and I can understand people's criticisms of the slap on a lot of level but I do think it's a very adult book you know I do think that the the characters in it are are, are morally
4: flawed One of the things with the adaptation to TV I was curious about because in the book there's an awful lot of you get to know what Hector's thinking yeah, you get to know what nook's thinking there's a lot of kind of internal you know, internal stuff going on which obviously tv can't do what was your involvement with the adaptation and was there any, any discussion with you about that how to get those kind of internal dynamics onto screen
5: um i mean my, my involvement with the uh the tv series was uh the most uh i've been involved uh, one of the things about the generosity of the people uh who created it was that they just gave me this freedom to you know come on set to whenever I wanted, but the real involvement was the, at, right at the beginning a three-week uh, writing period where uh, Tony Ayres, who's um, obviously a, a terrific director, and he's uh, part of Matchbox for the production team along with it, you know, who, who made the series. He wanted that model that I think comes from HBO and those American series where you have the writers in a room for... Um, uh, for a period, you know, for us it was three weeks. And literally it was just working with these great people. We would get there at 8.30, sit down and have a coffee, and then you would just talk story. You would just talk, well, how does television work? How does film work? How do books work? What are the differences? How do we get, you know, um, how do you sustain an uh, interest in um, in um, a TV drama? All those questions, which as a writer I found fascinating. So that, that was that... Uh, um, three-week period and of course in a way objectively and uh, at a first glance the slap as a novel looked easy to adapt because you know you've got all the characters there you've got the situations uh, are quite clear the drama is there but what you have and you, you pointed this out John is that you've actually got very internalized um, uh, characters and in fact, part of the way the the novel works is the difference uh, is the uh, the gap between what a character thinks and what a character will say. So, how do you do that in 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 television? That became one of the primary questions for everyone involved in those workshops: um, how to crack that.
1: So, so for that, was the narration kind of part of what helped you out?
5: No, uh, narration, so, I think narration was a kind of something we really talked about and kind of went back and forth, like right almost to the. Like even to, in post-production, I mean, the, the question of narration. If it had, what what was decided that was that the narration was not actually going to be was not going to take it was not going to be the easy option, going to take the place of um, telling us what the characters thought. That if it, it wasn't and it was, it wasn't necessarily something that came from the book. It was actually coming from the individual scriptwriters, if they could make it. Uh, if what they could do was. Kind of take you to surprising areas in terms of people 's consciousness those, those things that people don 't express or are very shy of expressing then then they then we would use it otherwise it would all be thrown out but no I think the the real task was to find ways of uh, visually um, create uh, visually working uh, uh, conveying that that dissonance between what you think and what you say what you express and what you repress and um and then Really, what you find... And I, I keep... You know, because I've, I've worked in in, in theatre. I've had stuff ad- adapted before. And what you really find is that work, in part, gets answered by the actors. That's what great actors can do, is, like, they can actually... And, you know, for me, I'm still... I'm still... A, I'm still what would you call it? I'm, I'm just a little boy who the first time you, you, you're in the theatre and the, um, the, the lights go up and the film begins. When it comes to actors, I still... When you're in front of a, um, a, a terrific actor doing their work, um, uh, I, just, I still get blown away in that magical way, I just think. Um, and that, Yeah, so I feel very... I, I think that work was done by the actors, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: So with this, were you on set for the shooting, and, and would see those kind of retakes, and and see how they process it as they kind of take it into the scene and and develop that on the spot?
5: Yeah, not not that I, I don't I just, not that I became this stalker that kind of hung <laughs> around the, the set because I was also conscious, you know, that you know people are doing their work. I mean, it is work. It's yeah. you know people on a set. You know, as someone who loves as a, film and TV, you know, it was great to have. That entree to be able to see how people work, and I was. But people were working really hard, so the last thing they needed was this, you know, this goofy writer <laughs> kind of walking amongst them. I was initially wavering about whether I should be involved at all in the in the writing process. I just thought, well, I've done the novel; I may be a hindrance, um, and. That that quickly vanished within you know the first half hour hour really of working with those people. Um, uh, one thing that I I think was that I'm glad I, one thing I'm grateful for for being in that process was exactly that that question of likability and the question of um, uh, uh, you know what is a good character you know what you know will will a TV audience be invested in you know morally conflicted or You know, selfish, narcissistic, you know, whatever uh, you want to say about these characters. And I remember saying really early on, look, you know, I don't care what you do in terms of plot structure. You know, the plot, you know, this is a series it's going to run for eight hours or ten. We didn't, you know, know exactly how much of the time. You know, of course new stories is going to be created. These characters are going to do different things. But do not sanitise the rawness in the novel. And the rawness is expressed through the writing. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you do in a book. Because if you strip all the rawness from these characters, it's just going to be the most banal soap opera. Because, you know, the idea of the slap is really soap... You know, you, you, I'm, not, I'm not completely foolish. I knew that I was playing with that trope when I was working with the book. So, and to give them the credit, they understood that from the get-go.
0: Today, my cousin Hector turns 40. <laughs>
5: People arriving in three hours. Mm. We're having a party this hour. Though. Maybe you should come. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, give
1: you go! go, go yeah, give
2: me go! Yeah. That. Give it give me go. Put it down.
1: Hey, hey, that's enough.
2: Family. Okay? Our son was slapped in the face, and you stood by and watched. I did you stand by and watch?
1: You got sent to us because you called the cops. The king of the world.
0: You arrested me for being at a
4: barbecue.
1: You saw that man assault you. I saw Harry reprimand you. Guys. Well, you said you didn't see anything. Could you please state your name, Rosalind Olivia
5: Bryan. Pretty exceptional cast. I've been actually lucky in the whole history of my, the adaptations of my work. The characters actually stop belonging only to you. I think that's one, uh, that's really both a startling experience um, because there's an element of possessiveness, of course, you have about your writing, but it is also one of the um, uh, it's also electrifying. I mean, and you know. So the, it seems to me. It, it feels to me, quite sincerely, that the characters now in the slap belong a little to Essie Davis. They belong a little to Alex Artis, to Sophie Bonito, to Sophie Low, to, to to those so people. So, that is that kind of Marinos.
1: almost like they're, they're in your head and and yeah, that's embodying yeah. what what has only been in your own imagination and and through through the words on the page expressed to to other people.
5: And it's not necessarily that the the the, the image. Uh, Brett uh, is the is, is is exactly the same, you know. So the, the images I had in my head, or when I was crea- when I was creating these characters, are not that necessarily what appears on what the screen saying, now. Yeah. Yeah. But because of what they have what they have been given to to these characters, it just that's what I mean. Part of it feels like, well, now I can't. I actually can't. Remember what they were like originally. Yep. You know, they now belong. As I said, now they belong to. I had such a clear idea of uh, one of the characters who finishes the book, Richie, because part of it, he, he, that character is a homage to uh, my partner. Which is why, when people say they don't like the characters, I just think, oh, you bastards! I usually use a stronger word. Like, you know, how can you not like Richie? What kind of fucked up, self-righteous prick are you? But <laughs> that's my my thing. Uh, but so that was the image I had in my head of you know Wayne when I first met him, um, uh, but now it's Black Davis, and that, that that you know as a, that doesn't feel wrong. That that's just um, that's just what happens when you've got good good work yep. um, occurring, and that there's something magic. And I learned that really really early on with head, head on, where a character Ari who's who's the main character in my first novel. And so I'm very possessive about him. You know, your first novel, you don't ever know if you're going to do this again. You know, you feel like you've spent, you know, all your life till, till now to create this character. And he feels like he belongs to Alex Dimitriotis as much as me. And Jonathan didn't try at all. He
1: just cried
4: and cried and cried. <laughs> Happy birthday, Hector! I've got one very, very shallow question <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to ask at the end, though. In episode two of The Slap, Anouk has been working on her novel, and it showed us being this sort of scrapbook thing with, like, photographs and things sticky-taped. Is that how you work? Or anyone? I, I wasn't <laughs> sure if that was a... <laughs> I found that weird, but I didn't know it was a real thing that I just wasn't aware of.
5: I can't take credit for this. This is uh, Emily Ballou, who wrote the uh, Anouk and Aisha um, scripts. I-, I-, I imagine it comes more from her process, because she's, a-, she's a-, a writer as well. Um, the one thing I would say that we talked about... Um, and I, you know, I'm not alone in this. I think a lot of writers. I do it. I, I still write in longhand, and I, I still keep um, books that I like a little bit of sketchbooks for ideas. Um, now that's probably got more to do with my <laughs> age than anything, you know. But um, a nook is my age, so it made sense that she would have, you know, that that when you start writing, when you first, you know, uh, it, it it was through the pen, and it was through. The, the journal and it was fro- through the book and um, I, I use the computer all the time obviously but I still sometimes I, I find particularly when I'm beginning something um, beginning a new project that it actually helps to to write in longhand and so that felt right for that character that she was so you know to, just to explain to people listening she's been working f- um, for a long time quite successfully in TV drama all that she does through all the latest Apple computers, <laughs> you know that's it that being the. But when she comes, makes the decision to quit her job and and actually really work as a fiction writer to really see if she can do this thing that she's been dreaming of and dreading all you know through the majority of her adult life, it made sense that we see her writing pen. I think I know, that, that didn't come from me. I think that came from Emily um the scriptwriter. and i think it was a good choice
1: so do you actually set yourself up at the desk with a pen and write down? No. It's, not, it's not like you're on the on the tram and you've got a notebook and, and <laughs> something comes to you and so you, you write out a couple of pages uh,
5: when it comes to the notebook it's the coffee shops it's, yep. a, it's definitely the coffee shops like you know and so um you know i've got three or four or seven or eight actually when i think about it coffee shops around the vicinity of where i live where i'll just go down and 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 write with a pen in a, in a book.
1: And you still, like, you, you don't have that uh, that kind of... You don't walk down the street and get recognised all the time, and so people will kind of just leave you alone in the cafe and don't come up and start talking to you. I okay, can, my favourite. this is there? my point where I have to
5: tell you my... You've probably heard it, but he is my favourite film joke of all time. Um, and apologies, I better do a... a, a you know, this is a, a racist warning beforehand. <laughs> OK. So did you hear about the Irish... Um, Star that she went to Hollywood and fucked the writer. So, <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> no. See, so you saying you're never going to have that kind
4: of fame. And... <laughs> the slap is currently playing on ABC on Thursday nights. Chris O'Shakas, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, it's been a real pleasure.
1: Hi, I'm really lucky to be the guest of these funny, gorgeous, sexy, hunky men and or women. This is. Not weary really tail and sticks at all. I'm Rob Shearman, pretending to be tail and sticks, who's another Doctor Who writer, a rather better one than I am. You're listening
5: to Boxcutters, the sexiest station I've ever thought I would ever listen to. I'm quite appalled at how sexy it really is. Do you know how sexy it is? I once wrote Robot. <laughs>
1: You guys are back. Yeah.
0: Did um? <sighs> do we miss anything? Uh, you'll you'll hear it in the show. Two broke girls and Whitney are uh, new sitcoms from the US. Dave, you've, you're well aware of this now because you've watched six episodes all at once.
2: Just like that, I'd um, I had one eye on one screen, the other eye on the other screen, and the other eye on. Here's a clip.
3: Your name is Bryce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, um, um, um. Don't hire a new waitress, okay? I've been doing all the work anyway and I really could use the extra money. You need help. No, I don't. Everyone needs help sometimes. I don't. I've been waiting my whole life, okay? I've waited on tables, I've waited in bars, I've waited on home pregnancy tests. I already hired a new waitress. She worked in all top restaurants in Manhattan. I gave her Paulina's uniform. Hi, Mr. Lee. Not to complain, but I think someone wore this uniform before me. (laughs) Is it possible that I could get another one? Maybe one that's a little less moist? (laughs) Also, this mustard color doesn't really go with my skin tone. Neither do the mustard stains. And these various other stains. And smells, I hope that's clam chowder. So... (laughs) I think it'd be better for everyone, including my immune system, if I just keep on wearing what I'm wearing and at the apron, because this is Chanel. So, thank you, and let's waitress. Whatever that is, it does not belong in this diner. It belongs in a show on Bravo. But she put on hair so shiny. Good for business. Where do you even find these people? The Russian hooker. The one before that was a meth addict. Are you sure we can't get the meth addict back? She was really good at cleaning.
4: <laughs> but her teeth fell out.
3: You are really judgmental. You know that?
0: So that's two bright girls. You yeah. like that?
2: I, I like that. Yeah. I, could, I could watch another one.
0: Created by, uh, uh, amongst other people, Whitney Cummings. I, just, I noticed that at the end on, on uh, the credits. Who, uh, who also created and stars in another sitcom that has just come out called Whitney. Yeah. Which is her name. It is. Uh, and here's a clip from that.
1: I just read in Cosmo that one of the keys to a healthy relationship is participating in your partner's passions. <laughs>
0: well cosmos for skanks
1: no. no it has interesting statistics like couples with the most successful relationships have sex four or five times a week five times a week where's yeah. yeah. <laughs> time for that well that
0: is what happened in my marriage I mean things got platonic we stopped having sex well I stopped having sex he continued with other people
1: it's not his fault he's a man Monogamy is not natural. If the cavemen had been monogamous, there would be like six people. (laughs) Mark, you can't justify everything you do using cavemen. (laughs) Why not? The cavemen did it. (laughs) I'm just saying, once you're in a long-term relationship, you're not tapping that every night. Oh, look! They're going to do the cake!
0: So I'm not sure if listeners can gauge from from those two clips... Two Broke Girls is really funny, and Whitney is not. And the the, the problem is, uh, I think the jokes in Whitney are lacking. Um, that's why it's
1: not funny. Mm-hmm. Well, See, also the character the, is yeah. just neurotic about bullshit. Well, and this it's is, like we never bo- had a real first date. So blah blah blah. You have to
0: pretend like we're on a first date. Mm-hmm. They're both likable. They're both created by Whitney Cummings, and it, that just seems so crazy to me because the one that is named after her. The one where she actually acts in it and and is a large part of it. The one that she hasn't given
1: herself the, the good one. <laughs> she,
0: no, she hasn't. <laughs> two broke girls is is about uh, uh, two girls who waitress in a diner in the depths of of uh, it's either shitty Brooklyn or shitty Bronx, depending on which episode you watch. Uh, and, uh, and one of them has always been poor and works two jobs. Uh, one is at the diner at night and uh, she babysits during the day for rich people in Manhattan. Uh, and the other one is the daughter of uh, a, a man who is not Bernie Madoff, but may as well be. Uh, a man who uh, did, did a Ponzi scheme, has gone to jail, and now she finds herself having been really, really rich, is now broke, broke, broke. Uh, the the one who uh, has always been poor, Garrett. Uh, Brett, help me out here. Kat Dennings, Max Black. Uh, thank you. Yes. Kat Dennings. She's a fun. She's a, a fun actor. Mm. Like she just. She really understands uh, how to how to make herself a, an attractive person. As far as you know, the, the fun people in the room that you just want to be with, uh, who you know kind of have a little bit of edge, but know exactly what's going on. She does that. She does that really, really well. And the cast of Two Broke Girls, it's people we've hardly seen before, mm. but they're all pretty strong. They're pretty strong players. Uh, and I think they really help sell the jokes. Whereas in Whitney, it's its people that we haven't seen before, but I also don't think it's necessarily the material that they've got uh, is is not as good. I think it's... That maybe they're not as good, or the direction is not as good.
2: Yeah, I don't know. That they're not likable, or there's there's something going on there. That they're, but
0: they're, they're not, mis- are they? They're no, just they're no. really not likable.
2: Now
1: I didn't get to watch the third episode of Whitney because I I did it before we were in the studio here tonight. Right. Oh, um, so you, well, how, how saying, does it go in that third episode?
0: Okay, so in the first episode of Whitney, uh, she wants to spice up their sex life. And this, this is kind of the thing as well, Two Broke Girls is dealing with, kind of ripped from yesterday's headlines, or today's headlines, whichever you prefer, uh, issues of uh, of global financial crisis, uh, economies down, how do you make ends meet, how do you build up a new business, uh, and how do you develop a new friendship? Whereas Whitney is about people in existing relationships being bored with their horrible middle-class lives and uh, and... That's basically it. So, in the first episode, she wants to spice up their sex life. Uh, in the second episode, uh, they have. She mourns not having. She a, mourns not first having life. had a first date and wants to have a first date Cause, cause to help spice up, up their, their their sex person. life. Uh, in the third episode, she blah 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 to spice up their sex spice life. up their mm-hmm. sex life. She uh, uh, she gets angry at her boyfriend because her boyfriend was looking at another woman, but not because he was looking at another woman, but because he wouldn't admit that he was looking at another woman. So it's a misunderstanding of the sexes. Every single episode is a misunderstanding of the sexes. And I think, you know what, if John was here, you know what he would say? No. Bechdel test. Bechdel test? These two shows, one passes the Bechdel test, one doesn't. There are scenes in there's two Broke there's a horse girls. in one of them. Well, there's also. What's, the, what's
2: the Bechdel test? The
0: Bechdel test is uh, so the, the, it's this, uh, this uh, American comic book artist uh, named Bechdel, and, and she uh, had – I can't remember the name of the original comic. It's an excellent, excellent mm. uh, artist, great comic book writer. Uh, if you get a chance to pick up any of her work, it's really, really good. But in, in one of her comics, I think it's called Dykes to Watch Out For, uh, she uh, – invented this test for... It was actually cinema that in order for a a film to pass, it had to have a scene where two women were having a conversation by themselves and not talking about a man. Oh, right, okay. And you'd be amazed how many shows don't fulfil that. Mm. Two Broke Girls does. In Two Broke Girls, they talk about building up their own cupcake
2: (laughs) business. Well, you want them to get along. You... you Oh, I want this whole thing to work watching Two Broke Girls, but watching Whitney, I don't care if they break up. I don't I want, I want them to break. Up. I want them to break up as well. It'd be something interesting. But they're not going to break up, I don't think. That's,
0: that's it's, you know, it's it's annoying people whining about their not very bad lives. Mm. The only person we've really seen before is uh Jonathan from 30 Rock. Uh plays the uh the boyfriend of Whitney's friend.
2: Well, Whitney Cummings, she okay, so in 2008 she was Tried out for Last Comic Standing. Yep, she must have crapped herself when she found out she had two series up and running in just last year. She, she must have. So she's, she's she she didn't even get into Last Comic Standing. And I think she she's been uh, she's been on a, on, a, on a few shows. She's done some of those roasts. Those she is
1: uh, oh, think Charlie Sheen. Charlie, movie. I
2: think yeah. She what she did the Joan Rivers, David Hasselhoff, Donald Trump. Been on Chelsea lately, and then suddenly she's got two two of her um. Creations have got up in the one year in 2011. She is a whole world of not
0: Sarah Silverman, though. <laughs> she's so clearly try- like, yeah. I, I don't know if she's trying to be like in the, looks
1: or in content. I, I wouldn't say in content.
0: But, but in looks, she's doing that cutesy thing. She's, I, maybe, maybe I'm not even
1: because she's got dark straight hair.
0: She's got dark straight hair. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just being
1: horribly yeah. she's, sexist. She's nothing close to Sarah Silverman.
0: Well, she's not funny. That's a big problem. Yeah, but she. But I want to know more about Two Broke Girls. How did Two Broke Girls get up? How did she get two shows up in one year when one of them clearly isn't very well, she, good?
2: She is. She's a co-creator on Two Broke Girls with Michael Patrick King. Yes, and she's the sole creator on Whitney. And Michael Patrick King, I think he's 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 a writer. Yep. So he's worked on Murphy Brown, Sybil, and Sex in the City. And I think this this might be his first one that he's created with someone so I'd so maybe he's, he's
0: he's the he's the strength there and maybe maybe she, yeah. maybe she had the idea but he had the uh, uh the the he can the, the strength in in writing mm. uh and and the cast is great the first episode is directed by james burroughs and you know that's always a, a good stamp for a a pilot for a sitcom i think two broke I, girls for a laugher I'm, I'm 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 with it
1: two broke girls it was interest just just because of the way things turned out I didn't get to watch the first episode until after the second and third. Ah, so you missed the premise where well, where you work out that they're two. Bright I girls. missed the setup. Like clearly, yeah. they're two bright girls, and and there was one with with big things that I, I assume were supposed to look like great big pearls um, on a, <laughs> on an necklace. Um, and and it was actually okay coming in in the second one because it, it, it's a simple premise. Um, but then going back to the first one was actually quite painful. What was in that clip that we played there was really freaking painful. The only painful bit that I got out of the second one was, was the racist characterization of Han Lee. Uh, when when he came in in that second
2: one, I liked it. I like it. it, it it's corny and cheesy, but I, I, that's what I, th- I think I, I like about it. I mean, I prefer Two Broke Girls over um, Two and a Half Men or even Big Bang. That sort of, if I had a choice of those three,
0: I think with a with a laugher you you always have to wonder where the longevity is. Uh, and I see a lot more in Two Broke Girls than I seen Whitney. Whitney is just old, old concepts. There is nothing new in that at all. And, uh, and broke Girls has, uh, has a little bit of promise.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, just that's... laughing, thinking about it. It's <laughs> that bad. Some of the, even Boris, who sticks his head out like, i like to see your ass or something like that, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he works in the diner. Just... You, do, you, do, you do love a
0: filthy man character. And he's <laughs> he a, he a great filthy man character. Yeah.
5: Yes. If you watch one,
0: Just quickly, because I don't know what you did uh, when we were out of the studio, Brett. But uh, we're running out of time. Uh, if I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be Gruen Planet*.
2: oh uh, yep, mm-hmm. done. Dave, I'm tuning in for the slap again. Yep. Yeah. Why? Oh, I, I love the the first uh, couple of episodes. Right. So I'm, I'm 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 really into. it. I've not read the book either. Right. And there's um, I think Matthew Savile has directed. Uh, this week's episode of The Slap so they've got four directors oh, you know, I from know. Uh, working with Chris Lilly, Chris Lilly, Noise the movie Noise uh, The King with Stephen Curry yes yeah, Australian
0: director Sweetheart
1: yes you just can't go wrong with the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson yes, 10.30 on uh, Channel 11
0: that's your fallback one thing isn't it yeah it's your fallback yeah. you, can't, you can't go wrong with yeah it. fair enough it's great
3: fun
1: hey um when I cast my pod it's with the box cutters in mind Colors, pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pork. If you
0: are in Seattle, Ah. late October, well, mid October, October 18 and 19, particularly if you're in Seattle, Washington, United States of America, October 18 and 19, from 6 p.m., go to the Central Cinema. You will get to see eps one to three of Outland. John Richards' what? TV series, Outland, is premiering... That's right. Uh, Melanie in,
1: Houston's best show of 2009. It was, was in 2010.
0: It was 2010. <laughs> that will now possibly screen in 2012 on the ABC. Um, Melinda Houston, I think. Melinda Houston yeah. is, uh, is, is going oh. to screen uh, at... Uh, uh, in Seattle at I think it's the Game Has Been Film Festival there, but I'm not, I don't have all the details. I don't know the exact name. So they'll the see it before we see it? They will see it before we see it. October 18 and 19. In Seattle. Uh, you can book 3 dollars bill cinema or one word, .org 3 dollars org. We'll put a link up on the blog Go to Seattle, Washington. See Outland. Be one of the first in the world. John Richards is going to be there. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters, episode two hundred and eighty-two. I want to say thanks very much to well, I know, I know, John and uh, Christos
1: Salkas came in. It was great, though, hiding under there. I know. When did they come in?
0: Oh, when you were watching the thing. When you were watching the thing, they were. Oh, uh, you missed them. You totally could have touched Christos and told him how much you liked his show.
1: Ah, oh. I
0: would have loved that. I think Christos
1: was better uh, with us than on Canvas last week.
0: Really, really, tell that to Glenn Peters. Oh, until next week, my name is Josh Canal. i
1: uh, David Lawson. I can Brett Cropley. Lawson. Did you say David Lawson? Yeah, that's my official name. I don't know who that David. is. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Thanks for listening to Boxcutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.
0: Boxcutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes, or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. So, I don't understand, Brett. So, so John was here. Yes. And what, did he just get straight onto a plane? Because he's got to be in Seattle tomorrow.
1: He's on Concord. Oh, right. He actually bought one of one of them when they were being decommissioned just so that he could, for this express purpose... See, that's why the ABC is in so much financial trouble. The man's got more money than sense. It's not the ABC. It's not the ABC. uh, Well, actually, he borrowed it from this guy. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.